1: Greg,
0: thanks for being here this morning.
1: Hey, Dawn, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you.
0: Absolutely. So, take me through it. What's the proposal? And mm-hmm. what are, I know you're talking to many advocacy groups and associations who represent those small businesses that survived what we've been through over the past few years. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm actually the, the state director here in Pennsylvania for the National Federation of Independent Business. We represent about 13,000 small independent business owners all, all throughout the Commonwealth, all different sectors of the economy. We're a nonprofit, nonpartisan, and, and we're member driven, right? So we are here to uh, represent the, the interest of the small business owner in front of the General Assembly on, on both the, the federal and the state level. And, and what we're seeing right now is that small businesses are continuing to struggle. They're continuing to have. Problems finding uh, individuals to fill their open job uh, vacancies, Um, and even if People apply for them, they're typically not even qualified for the jobs that they're applying for, right? And so what we're seeing coming out of the House right now are are some drastic, drastic proposals. Um, You know, one of which here, House Bill 1135, uh, sponsored by uh, Representative Chris Rabb from down in the Philadelphia region, to raise the minimum wage to $21 an hour, $21. That's $43,680 for an entry-level teenager just learning the soft skills of employment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's incredible that, that some of these elected officials, um, you know, seem to have maybe skipped uh, economics uh, <laughs> in, in high school or college because you cannot just continue to raise wages of individuals and it have absolutely no impact on the price of goods and services that small businesses offer. It's incredible, and, and I think it's truly Disingenuous on on behalf of uh, Representative Rabb, because if you look at his proposal, I think he tricked thirty four of his other colleagues in signing on to this bill quite honestly because. He mentions that he's going to reintroduce House Bill 15 from last session. Well, you go back and you look at House Bill 15 from last session, and he appropriately named it House Bill 15 because it called for a $15 minimum wage. Nowhere in the co-sponsor memo for this new House Bill 1135 does he mention anything about $21. Yet, when you go to the legislation... It's twenty one dollars an hour. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he tricked about thirty four of his other Democrat colleagues <laughs> in signing on to this bill, because I don't think they truly know um, that that was in the bill when they signed on to it. So, I mean, th- this is just one of the bad proposals coming of uh, coming out of the House. And, you know, there's a lot of work to be done uh, for small businesses. And this is just the exact opposite of the work that needs to be done to help them.
0: And so I know that you represent the group, but what are sure. what are the group members telling you? Because they have to join up, and, mm-hmm. and I, I suspect more want to join up because yeah. they want to be represented. What stories specifically? Just share with me. You know, when you get those sure. calls, or when your when your association gets those calls, what yeah. what yeah. are they sharing yeah. as far? Because what I'm hearing, you know, here in Philadelphia and the surrounding communities, I talked to a woman who runs a, a family farm in Montgomery County. I mean, they're saying this, this, their margins are so slim, and with everything they've been through, this, mm-hmm. this would, would crush their business.
1: Sure, and, that, and that's what we're hearing. That's exactly what we're hearing. I can't tell you how many calls I've received from our members uh, literally in tears because they don't know how to keep the lights on at this point. They have they have cut hours. They've cut products and services. They have tried to find workarounds to all of the onerous, um, you know, COVID uh, mandates that came down. You know, those were costly mandates to our small business yes. owners. That wasn't – those weren't – you know, no one was out there passing out free plexiglass uh, to ensure that everyone had a separate space, you know, uh, in, in the restaurant, right? So they expended a lot of, of of cash and capital over that time period, and it seems like, unfortunately, you know, the government is just out to get them. They're not working with them. They're not working for them. It seems as though they're out to target them almost specifically. And, and you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, do do we want our communities to be, You know, the big box stores and that's it. And you only have one option to go to get your, your groceries and, and, you know, your clothes or whatever it may be. Um, do we want that as the fabric of our community or do we value small businesses and what they bring to our economy and to our commonwealth? And, and, you know, I think our our businesses are struggling still. They are struggling to get by and, and proposals like this and, and many others here, uh, before the house, uh, you know, are, are just, The absolute opposite of of what the legislature should be doing for small business.
0: And so, you know, we do have, you know, I'd say in the nation, when I think about $7.25 an hour, some people would agree with inflation and just competition (laughs) that they could raise raise it somewhat, but not to $21 Mm -hmm. an hour. Is there a consensus as far as what's fair or what they could pay or even... What they're offering already, because I I suspect yeah. a lot of you. I mean, I know for a fact I have teenage sons. Nobody's paying mm-hmm. seven twenty twenty five an hour no. right now.
1: They are not. And I think if you look at at the data that's coming out of the independent fiscal office, uh, independent agency that that reviews all the fiscal policies here in the Commonwealth and the revenues and expenditures. And, you know, if you look at that, if you look at their latest report, it says that the the, um, you know, the minimum wage on the outside uh, is is in the ten to eleven dollar range, actually. The market minimum wage is, yeah. is ten to eleven dollars, right? And so it's it's our opinion as as the National Federation of Independent Business that we believe that um you know there's nothing that needs to be done at a state level legislatively addressing the minimum wage why because the market has addressed the issue if you're an employer and you are paying 725 today in this economy you are going out of business and and quite honestly you know you should have made that change a long time ago. Um, you know, you needed to raise uh, your compensation levels to compete with other entities out there. You know, we have sheets and wawas, and you know they're paying fifteen, sixteen, yeah. seventeen dollars an hour in some cases. You know, and, and these aren't these aren't technical jobs, and so you know um, every dollar increase really only adds to the the labor costs of a, a small business owner, and so it's our opinion that look, small business owners have figured it out already. They have adjusted. We don't need the state to come in and say – oh, we're going to raise minimum wage. This wage, minimum wage, was never meant to be a a lifelong wage. Mm -hmm. It is a starting wage that you can grow from, right? Mm -hmm. And and if the market is paying far above minimum wage right now, why are we even having this discussion of minimum wage? Um, It seems like it's more pandering for, for votes than it is actual good policy, because we're not talking about seven twenty-five. It's you know they always bring up oh the single mother working two different jobs that 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 is a myth. It does not exist in today's climate. And so you know it's an emotional argument they make, um, and everyone thinks that they're going to get paid more if they they do increase the minimum wage. But but what small business owners are going to have to do is. Uh, likely, they're going to have to cut employee hours. So instead of you know you're making ten dollars an hour and working thirty hours in a week, you know let's say three hundred dollars a week before taxes. Well, now they have to raise their minimum minimum wage to thirteen dollars an hour at twelve fifty. Well, now now you're going to work twenty six hours mm-hmm. uh, in that week, and you're still going to bring home the net. That you were bringing home before they will adjust small business owners are very crafty they will find a way to keep their costs down if they're forced to by the government um but small, you know employees are a, a small business owner's best commodity right they're often you know family uh friends and, and, and very close relationships and they want to do everything they can to help their employees because without their employees their business doesn't exist but they figured it out. What just government needs to take their hands off of the off, you know, out of the cookie jar and off of the 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 necks of small business owners and just back off and 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 they don't need these proposals.
0: I I love your passion, Greg. I, I do. And I I had pulled up and I had seen that you talked about something that could be a policy decision that our legislature, for example, in Pennsylvania, could help small businesses and that would be with the help of smart energy policies. Can you just yes. quickly share that one because I think this is so important and it also highlights what the business owners and especially small business owners are dealing with with our high, you know our high energy costs right
1: now. Yeah, so, you know, energy is, uh, you know, everything in this Commonwealth is produced and, and revolves around energy. Without energy, you cannot turn your lights on. You can't operate your machine shop. You can't, um, you know, have the lights on and the coolers and, and you know, in your, in your grocery store or whatever it may be, right? And so everything we do revolves around energy. Natural gas here in the Commonwealth is our most abundant resource. We are blessed to have this amazing resource below our ground right and so we need to be uh, you know uh, accepting that and and utilizing that there are a lot of jobs that can be created if we properly utilize the natural gas that we have been given here yet we have some folks in the general assembly who believe that You know, fossil fuels are the devil and, uh, you know, they are going to ruin our environment. Look, we are not here to say that, um, you know, uh, we want the we want natural gas in lieu of a safe environment. That is not the case at all. I think that the reason why carbon emissions have gone down in the Commonwealth has been the proliferation of the natural gas boom over the last 15 to 17 years. And so that having that resource here has allowed Pennsylvania uh, residents and business owners to enjoy consistent, clean energy. Right, when you flip that light switch on, you want the lights to come on, mm-hmm. right? And so, with solar and wind, those are intermittent uh, energy sources. And and we are not anti-solar and wind, mm-hmm. but we cannot rely on these, uh, you know, energy products for our grid. We will went, we will wind up with blackouts. We will wind up in time periods where we cannot, and through the the cold winter, you know, heat our homes. If that's the case, uh, with with coal, with natural gas, these are consistent consistent products that uh, have really helped our small businesses grow here and, and keeping the price of energy down. But you know, when you have former Governor Wolf, who you know wanted to enter us into Reggie, uh, the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, yep. you know, we look if this governors. goes through. The- yeah. And, and and if this goes through in the courts, uh, you know, looks everybody's looking at about a 30 percent increase on their bills. Can we afford that? No. Uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue no. I, I don't believe we can.
0: Who do you find? And I know, you know, you mentioned that that, you know, your association is nonpartisan and you try mm-hmm. to work with everybody who because we have an active we have a very active, loyal audience. Who do you mm-hmm. think in the legislature, if you were to say, who are the keys to this on the, the side of the Democrats or the Republicans who can mm-hmm. bring some of this forth? Who are the keys to getting through more reasonable legislation as far as, as far as yeah. the minimum wage and the energy issue?
1: Yeah, I think if you look, uh, you know, our association does a great job of of scoring legislative votes over the previous session. And so, um, you know, we represent the interest of a small business owner. And so we take 10 key votes from each chamber and we score them and we let the members uh, in those districts know how their legislators are voting. Traditionally, uh, those members are overwhelmingly Republican members. Um, I think it, it more so has to deal with the principles of you know the the, the party um but ultimately it is our membership that is is really at the end of the day driving the ship here at NFIB. And so um you know we have we have democrat members who are registered democrat we don't care republican democrat independent we don't care what you call yourself. If you're a small <laughs> business owner and you're passionate about this and, and and you really um understand how your business operates and how government can really hurt your business, yes. we are here to represent we are here to represent you. You know It doesn't matter what labels you put on, but I would say, you know, in our two-party system, uh, predominantly, I believe, uh, you know, last last session going into this session, there were only uh, four Democrats uh, that we had actually endorsed, um, and there were about a hundred and twelve Republicans that that we made endorsements for, just in the House alone.
0: Okay. It's good information, and I like that you look at the data and you study that, and I think it's a great resource for people, mm-hmm. uh, especially moving forward. But Greg Moreland, uh, people can find your article, obviously, your latest one, broadandliberty.com. Greg, thank you so much for joining hey, me. Hey, thank you
1: for having me. I would love to come back. Thank
0: you, Don. Yeah, hope you come back. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate oh, you. Take care. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician.